Well, I want to introduce you to our missionary guests who have been with us all week. If you've been around, you've gotten to hear some of their stories. And I, I love this time of year because, wow, um, the Lord is using our church to take the gospel around the world. And while we support 160-plus missionaries and missionary projects, on this week, we've gotten to pull out four of our families and hear directly from them the stories about how God is helping them to take the gospel to the people God's called them to. So I want to introduce them to you today, and then we're going to hear from our four uh, missionaries, and um, we will end with our candlelight service, because really this day is all about what are we going to do? I mean, we've been commanded to take the gospel to the world. That's the command. I can't imagine how bewildered the disciples were when Jesus on the mountain before he ascended into heaven told them, now you go to the world, to the uttermost part of the world. And they had to be thinking, us? How? Well, he, he meant it. And because we have simply been obedient to care, to give, and to encourage people in our church to go, we're a part of this incredible thing that's going on. So would you join me in welcoming our, our missionaries? I want to introduce them one at a time. We have the Longorias here. Uh, would you give them a hand? Uh, they are uh, missionaries to Texas. And you say, why Texas? I mean, because there's people in Texas that need the Lord, right? But they specifically are there to reach Spanish-speaking people in Texas and uh, Pastor Lu uh, Ulysses shocked me kind of when he said that there are 60 million Spanish-speaking people in the United States. We cannot leave them out of this message. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much. Uh, th these are the Longs, and the Longs are in Madagascar. Now, Madagascar is uh, a very large island off of the tip of Africa. You said it was one of the largest islands in the world. It's as big as Texas. Yes, yes look at that. Okay. Uh, let's, we appreciate them so much. I've learned so much from you this week. And thank you for going to that place. Because they need to hear. We want to um, thank the Perezes for coming, Andrew and Kelsey. Uh, you know what, you, you guys are, everybody's special, but you guys were here in your college years. And Kelsey, when you said the other day that you accepted Christ when you were at uh, Missouri State, and this was your very first church. Man, what a privilege that is for us that we could be your very first church. And now God is taking you both to the Philippines, a country that I love so much. It's where I grew up. The Lord is good. And then we have Dave Reinhardt from Chile. He's been there for 40 years. Planted churches up and down the country of Chile. And Dave, thank you. Um, wow, 40 years, 13 churches, more churches being planted all the time. Uh, you are an inspiration to us, and we want to thank you. We're so glad that we're able to be a part of your ministry, even in just a small way. Would you join me in welcoming all of our missionaries? 
And you know, you 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 can't you can't travel around the world and around the United States without a little bit of money to pay for the expenses. And so we wanted to give you something today and tell you thank you for all the effort. We hope that that'll help cover some of those expenses and hopefully more. Uh, and it's been a privilege to have you all around for this week. And uh, we're looking forward to hear, hearing you from, from you today. So as they go down to their seats, uh, would you give them one more hand? So I'm, I'm not going to preach today. Um, we're going to hear from our missionaries. And then I have some concluding thoughts. And then we're going to be challenged as a church to do something. Now, you know what? You, there are some churches, and I think it's a good plan, that they just include in their budget something for missions. But you know what I love about the way we do it here is every Sunday I give an offering specifically for missions. I'm like part of the team. I consciously and weekly put money in a plate to support our missionaries that are literally all over the world. And I love that. Um, we're going to end with a time for you to take the commitment card and put check a box. I want you to notice there's no place for your name. This is not a pledge. But I think it's so important that you and I, in a service like that, this, actually make a decision. And we decide, I'm in. I'm joining. I'm doing this. And I want to tell you that the amount isn't as much as just getting in the game. If it's a dollar a week, you're in. But do something. That's my plea. Let's do something together. Because we want to keep supporting our missionaries. Because we do care that the gospel gets to places that you and I will never get to. But through our missionaries, we will. So I'm going to invite our missionary speakers up, and they're just going to come. We're going to hear from Pastor Ulysses first, and then uh, we're going to hear from um, the, Mr. Long here, and then Mr. Reinhardt, and then Mr. Perez is going to conclude. Come up ahead, Ulysses. Thank you, Pastor. Hola a todos, ¿cómo están? So we are living in Texas. I'm a Ulysses, church planter, a missionary church planter in Texas, so I can say good morning, you all. So God is doing great things in Texas. People is coming to Christ. We are reaching Spanish-speaking Hispanic, people, but also English-speaking people. And church is growing. Our church is growing. We took the church. Uh, we have been there for five years. So it was only 20 people. Now we are 100, 150 people. And let me share the, uh, two testimonies uh, very quickly. Uh, his name is Juan. His name is Juan. And... Uh, I met him during COVID three years ago. I invited him to the church. And uh, he told me, I never went to church. I never read the Bible. And finally, last year, he came to Christ. And he was listening to one of my sermons, Romans 5. And he asked me, hey, Pastor Ulysses, uh, do you believe God can forgive my sins because he was in the army in Mexico. And, and he told me, I did a, a lot of stuff when I was in the army. So last, uh, in the last two weeks, his wife, I married him and his wife in the last two weeks uh, sent me a picture 
of him reading the Bible for his time on his life. When I saw the picture, I was crying and I'm saying, hey, God, thank you, God, for, because you are doing great, great things in Denton in Texas. There is another guy. His name is Benjamin from Puerto Rico. And uh, he was listening one of the sermons because I was preaching in Romans, the series about Romans, and uh, Romans 3. And one day he invited me uh, to, her, to his house, and he, he asked me, Hey, Pastor, can you share Jesus to me? Because I want to uh, give my life to Jesus. So the whole family came to Christ, and I baptized them three weeks ago. Isn't that amazing? So God is doing great things in Denton. So I was born in Mexico. I was born in Mexico. And when I was 18 years old, studying on my college, Jesus came to my life. Nobody shared Jesus to, to me, to my mom, to my brothers until that day. But during those days, we were having really hard times in my life because my dad passed away. My, my, my heart was broken. Uh, we, we, we were having a lot of problems until one day, one missionary came to us and they told me, they told us, hey, Ulysses, they told me, you need Jesus. And Jesus changed my life. And I remember one day in a youth camp, the, 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 the pastor was preaching, who wants to serve God? Because that missionaries, they spend their life in, on my life, into my life. They help us with, with money. They, 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 they teach us about Jesus. You can see some pictures in, in, in the screen. Uh, they, went, they were in, in our wedding. So it's not a quinceañera. It was my wedding. It's my wife and, and, and uh, the missionaries. And uh, he baptized me. You can see in the next picture. And to be here is so special to me. So finally, I said, I said, uh, I said uh, uh, when the pastor was preaching, hey, God, I'm here. Use my life. So with that missionary, we were serving together for around nine years. We planned a church in the border. And now we are in Denton, Texas, reaching more people for Christ. But let me tell you this. This is so special to me. I didn't know this until Gary Wilson told me a few months ago. He told me, let me tell you this, Ulysses. You were talking about that missionary. High Street is the sending church of that missionary. So when he told me that, I was crying. And he invited me to be in High Street. I was excited, and I'm still excited. I'm enjoying every minute. I'm enjoying talking with you, with the people, meeting you, because you sent that missionary who brings Jesus to my life, who brings hope to my life. And I'm, I'm here. It's for me, it's a privilege to serve my God, to serve Jesus, who changed my life. Thank you, High Street for saying the Hoggies, Marvin and Rosalie Hoggy, to Mexico 20 years ago. We were serving together until he passed pass away. Thank you, believe me, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, each one of you. Thank you. And I believe this with all my heart. There is a big mission field in the States, 
60 million, we have around 60 million of Hispanic people living in the States. And they need to hear about Jesus. And my family and I, we are here to raise them with the gospel of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I have one last life change story to share with you. I've had a great time sharing all the different life change stories that, uh, that God has done over in Madagascar over the last four years. And this last life change story is about a young girl, a little girl named Vanya. Vanya is actually, that's Vala's girl. The reason I say she's Vala's girl, I love her, but she loves Vala more than she loves me. Uh, Vanya comes from the poorest home in, uh, in our neighborhood. And our, our, out of our neighborhoods, they are, they are in extreme poverty, but she comes from the poorest home. Her mother is a, is a prostitute. Uh, she did not go to school when we first met her, but when she, uh, she started coming to our church, and so we began to, to teach her the Word of God and, and just got a chance to get to know her and get to love her. Well, uh, during the second lockdown, the second of three lockdowns, uh, there was a man who coaxed Vanya into, her, into his house with some bread, and then he heard her. And, you know, we live in a constant state of defunded police. We had to pay the police, Dan and I, my partner Dan and I, had to pay the police to come and get this guy. And they still didn't come get him. So my partner actually had to go in his car and go pick up the police officers and bring them to this guy's house where they arrested him. Uh, then they took, Dan had to take them back to the jail where they booked him and then they released him with a court date. A court date that continually gets pushed back every time he does not show up to court. Uh, I'll never forget the day, one day shortly after this happened, Vanya, I found Vanya sleeping on Bala's lap and she wasn't really sleeping. Her mom was there to get her and she refused to wake up. And the reason she refused to wake up is because she didn't want to go home. She didn't want to go home because she knows that when she's at church, she's loved, she's cared for, and she's safe. Uh, one time, not too long ago, Vanya's mom had a guy over and told Vanya, you can't go to church today. So Vanya waited till mom and the guy went into the house, and then Vanya collected her little brother and her little sister, and she came to church anyway. She loves church. Vanya didn't go to school before. Now Vanya gets to go to school. Vanya has an opportunity at a better life. And the reason she has an opportunity for a better life is because people like you have invested in missions so that missionaries can go over and give Vanya hope, can give Vanya love, can give Vanya the gospel. So on behalf of not just Val and I, on behalf of my partner Dan and Rachel Brown on on behalf of the Malagasy people, I want to say thank you for your investment in missions. And if I can, I just want to end with this. There are little Vanyas all over this island. 
If you've heard my stories this past week, there are little Christinas. There are Fitaines and Numenas. There are Nanjianan and Tahitis all over this island. And they're waiting for somebody to bring them hope. They're waiting for somebody to bring them the gospel. But what we don't have is a line of missionaries waiting to get into this island. And so what I want to ask you to do is I want to ask you to be praying that God would give us seven missionary families in the next five years. I want you to be praying that maybe even one of you might be one of those seven missionary families. One of you may be one of the ones to come and bring little Vanyas, Fitaines, Numenas, and Nanjinan and Tahitis, bring them the hope of the gospel. You continue to pray for us in church. I want you to know we are always praying for you. My name is Dave Reinhardt, and I'm sorry my wife Hope was not able to come just three days before we were traveling. She had a medical emergency, so she had to be hospitalized, but she's better now, but she wasn't able to travel, so I'm without my wife Hope. You can say I'm a little hopeless right now, but um, Chile is a country that's 3,000 miles long. The name Chile literally means the end of the world, and it is. And uh, there are places down in the Patagonia, the Patagonia is the part all the way down to the south right before you get to the uh, Antarctic. And so just about two weeks ago, we sent a medical teams down to do evangelistic uh, uh, missions down in that, those islands, Butachaukes and some of these other islands. And one of the young ladies of our church went to a home where there was a 100-year-old lady that had never heard the gospel. And she came to know Jesus Christ as her personal savior because High Street Baptist Church sent missionaries 40 years ago down to Chile. And now as we're down in Chile, one of the interesting things about Chile is 60% of all Chileans go to psychologists. 60% of Chileans believe that the answer to all their problems are pills. And our message to them is the gospel is the answer. God will give you peace instead of pills. And so what we're doing is taking the gospel to people to make a life change in their lives. And one of the ladies that I was able to witness to one time a couple years back was Alejandra. And Alejandra was a psychologist, and her, and her boyfriend invited her to come to our church. And so she came to kind of humor him. And I remember sit, her sitting in my office with her arms crossed, thinking, what is he going to have to say to me? Just kind of smirking. Can you get, just get that in your high hit, this smirk that they're having? Like, what can he tell me? So as I began talking, I began asking her some questions, and she was not able to answer them. And she got real stumped because she didn't know how to have the right answer for the questions I was asking. Soon after that, Alejandra came to know Christ as her Savior. She started coming to our church and was baptized. And what she happens was she now had a job working with young people as a psychologist, and she would call me every week and say, Pastor, what do I tell this person that has this problem? And so we see that the gospel is the answer, not the psychology. God has answers. I believe the Bible is all sufficient to give every answer to every problem man has. And one of the things that I know is that when you really see somebody who's really gotten the gospel, they get saved, the, the key test to that is if they're able to tell somebody else. And so we're trying to win people, not just people, but we're trying to win people that will influence others. 
Another man that came to our church that got saved was Nestor. Nestor owns his own radio station in town. After he got saved, he said, Pastor, can you do a radio program on our radio program? To, it was not a Christian radio station. It was a secular radio station. Could you come and you give us uh, give a, a, a five-minute message every day to all the people listening? And so we began doing a radio program that's all over our first region there in Chile in the north. And we're seeing people that are coming to know Christ and then taking it to others. Because Christ said, make disciples. So it's more than believing. It's believing, being baptized, and then going on and telling others. And so for the last 40 years, I've been on the field 40 years. That's about the time Moses was in the desert. So you can kind of get an idea of the time where it's a testing time. But uh, we are church planters because we believe that in any moment of the time that I have to come back to the States, every one of our churches is going on. And so right now we have two new church plants that have just been started in the interior from Iquique. And I ask that you'd pray for us as we're seeing people come to know Christ as their Savior in places where they'd never heard the gospel. And so uh, the fact that High Street Baptist Church is is, uh, praying and giving so that we can be down there. There was a young man about a number of years back. He was so shy, he couldn't get up in front of anybody. And he never wanted to ever leave the country. And that was myself. I never realized what God would do if I just said, Lord, here I am. Send me. It's incredibly humbling to follow giants of the faith like these men who have been serving and giving their life to a mission that's worth it. And as we end in a challenge this morning, that's exactly what I want to hit on, is that the cost of global missions is expensive. But man, it is worth the cost. When I was much younger, I quickly realized that uh, my parents weren't going to pass on any genetics to me to be good at any type of sport that they love here in America. Uh, I wasn't built for, uh, to play football or to play basketball, so I thought, man, well, what's left? Because I think if there's something that we're noticing about people is they want their life to count for something. And so I thought, man, maybe soccer is it. I mean, maybe I can do something like through that. And so I grew up in Arizona and I would watch these documentaries. I would watch YouTube videos. And there was one reoccurring thing that dawned on me. The ones who made it, the ones who were professional, the ones who were on TV in the limelight, they would say time after time after time, if you want to get where we are, you've got to be willing to pay a cost. You've got to be willing to put in the time. You've got to be willing to put in the effort when nobody else will. And so as I sat there and I thought, man, this is something I can give my life to. And so summer after summer, year after year, uh, while all the maybe kids my age were sleeping in and they were on the couch eating tubs of ice cream, watching cartoons, I remember waking up early And I would go run to the soccer field. I would work on my cardio. I would do drills. I would shoot all to pay the cost so that I would get some sort of end return. And man, I thought I was giving my life to something that was worth it. But as I look at my life now, all the effort and the cost that I paid back then, the return on my investment was nothing. Now, I have a box about yay high, about this big, full of medals and trophies and plaques that will collect dust. They'll be put in my closet where one day they'll end up in the landfill. 
man, was that worth it? Man, it was, it was a cost that was willing to be paid, but when I look back, man, it wasn't worth it. Taking the gospel all around the world so that people might hear and believe, that is a cause worth giving my life towards. And I'm grateful that it was the power of the Holy Spirit that awakened me to this idea, that this is something worth giving my life for. And so as I was thinking about today and I was thinking about, man, what are the types of people that are gonna be here in the audience? And in my heart, my overwhelming emotion is like, man, God, would you please, please, please get people to see that this is worth investing in. It's worth giving my life for. And the verse that kept bouncing around in my head was Philippians 1, chapter 27. It says this, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And man, I'm embarrassed to say that there have been a lot of areas and avenues in my life that I've paid a cost that wasn't worth it. There are many things that I can look back at my life and I'll say, man, that was not worthy of giving my life towards. But to sacrifice everything, to, to go somewhere, to share the gospel with people that have never heard and even up until that time to give of my finances as a poor college student and even before then, man, this is worth it. The mission of Jesus Christ rescuing sinners just like me all around the world and people groups that I've never even heard of in languages that I will never learn, this is worth it. And just like anything that we might save up for, something that we might see at the store or something that we think has incredible value, the more value there is, it seems like the higher cost it is to be paid. And so there are three costs that I want us to consider this morning. The cause of global missions is worth it, but it doesn't come without sacrifice. The cost of global missions. Jesus will accomplish this. We know this. This isn't just a cliche that we can kind of put on a coffee mug. This is something that we can believe. In the end, Jesus wins. He tells us so. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. We don't have to cross our fingers and hope. We know that people from every tribe, every nation, and every tongue will be represented before the throne. Jesus wins. So what part will we play in joining in on a winning strategy with a winning savior? Well, there are three costs that must be paid, and the first, I think, is paramount. The biggest cost that needed to be paid has been paid for us. Jesus Christ has paid the cost for sinners like me so that once I have faith in Jesus and what he's done on the cross, that I can go from being an enemy of his, separated from his righteousness, to now being a child of his, completely forgiven all of my past, present, and future sin. That is a cost that nobody on earth can pay. But aren't you grateful this morning that Jesus has paid that cost for us? The first cost, the most important cost that needed to be paid has already been paid by the person of Jesus Christ and that's why we can have hope this morning. That's why we can give our money and eat pies like there's no tomorrow because we know we're a part of a winning game plan. Jesus wins. 
But there are two other costs, different from the first, that must be paid if people from every tribe and every nation and every tongue can hear the gospel and believe in a way that would change their eternity. That second cost is the price that must be paid by a missionary. The reality is, is you will miss out on things. And Kelsey and I are trying to come to grips with this now because it's not something we really can experience firsthand until it happens. You'll miss holidays, you'll miss birthdays, you'll miss children being born. You miss out on the comfort of a country that you've grown up in. You might miss out on the language that you're comfortable speaking, but I can ensure you today the cost is worth paying. God hasn't changed his method. The way that people get saved is by people going to tell other people. And so here we are, thousands of years after the life of Christ, and the gospel is still alive and well. It hasn't lost its power. God has not stopped calling people to the cause of global missions. I think people just aren't listening. The cost is great, I understand. It might mean changing your future career path. It might mean changing the college of your dreams that you had always pictured yourself being at. It might mean that you have to relocate your family. Man, that's a cost. But it's worth being paid. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate cost. Missionaries must pay a cost. And lastly, the cost must also be paid by the local church. Not everybody can go. If all of us went, there would be nobody to send. But we have just as much a part to play in global missions here in Springfield as we do all around the world. We don't just say that to make you feel better, that you're a partner. You are legitimately a partner. Missionaries can't do what they do unless a church sends them. But likewise, a local church cannot fulfill the Great Commission unless missionaries are sent out. This is an eternal investment that is worth paying the price for. Man, this might mean we sell things. This might mean that we take an extra job. This might mean that we kind of uh, reconfigure the way that we operate on the day-to-day so that we might have more to give for the cause of missions. Is it a sacrifice? Absolutely. But it is a cost worth paying. I believe when we arrive at eternity's shore, man, our life is gonna go go by so quick. But one day you and I will pass into eternity and if we're followers of Jesus, you know what I don't think will happen? Actually, I'm sure that this won't be happening and going through our head. We won't see the God who saved us and in eternity that he is one for us and we won't be thinking or talking to him, God, you really held out on me. Man, you saw my suffering. You saw what I gave. You saw that I went, but God, you held back. It won't be like that at all. But instead, we'll enter into eternity, and I think it'll look something like this. We'll see the God who saved us, and we might hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. But then we will see the faces of those that we gave everything to reach and we will be glad we did. 
None of us will get to heaven regretting that which we sacrificed here on earth, but it will be worth it because together in a grand chorus, we will sing together about the worthiness and the blessed goodness of our Savior. So God will not shortchange you. It's not a bait and switch. We're not gonna give everything that we have here on earth and then we're gonna get to heaven and be like, wow, man, that wasn't worth it. But God will honor the sacrifice here on earth. And we have all of eternity to enjoy the rich inheritance that awaits children of his. But the question is now, how will we participate? Do we truly believe in the goodness of God? Do we truly believe in the power of the gospel? Do we believe that it's worth giving our life towards? Because the great commission is for every believer of Jesus. How will you participate? Maybe you're sitting here and you've been wrestling all week. You've been wrestling even before then that maybe God would use your life to take the gospel to another people group. Maybe today your participation might look like, God, here I am, send me, I'm willing to go anywhere and God will use you. Or maybe your participation might look like this. Maybe for the first time in your life, you are gonna begin to participate and contribute to a mission that is worth giving it all. That for the first time, we will literally put our money where our mouth is, saying Jesus is worth it and I'm gonna write this check to prove it. Man, would you participate today? Because we know in the end, Jesus wins. So the question is not, will this be accomplished? It will be, what will we do? How will we play a part in what Jesus is doing all around the world? Because the cost of missions is great. But we follow our leader. Jesus paid the cost for us. For an eternity spent with him, Jesus did everything necessary and everything required. He set us up for a layup. But likewise, we must follow our leader. People must go. Missionaries must pay the cost. And I'm grateful to say that High Street is a church that has been paying the cost year after year after year. Now isn't the time to let our foot off of the pedal, but let's push in because there's more people now than ever before that need the hope of the gospel. We can do more. We can do this by the power of the Holy Spirit working through us, sending missionaries all over the world. We are accomplishing the great commission. We are getting to play a part in the greatest thing in all of history. The cost of missions is great, but it is a cost worth paying. Let me pray for us. Father, when we look at the job that still awaits us, it can be overwhelming. But our confidence and our hope is not in ourselves. It's not in our own bank accounts. It's not in our own talents and abilities. It's in you. So Father, I pray that even today, you would call people to surrender their life to full-time ministry and to missions to take the gospel all around the globe. Why? Because you're worth it. And Father, I pray that you would maybe bring people outside of their comfort zone, that they would begin giving to a cause that is worth it. Because we know when 
eternity comes. Father, you won't shortchange us, but we will be grateful and glad that we gave because there will be people worshiping in heaven because you use people like us. We believe that you're victorious. Help us all, believers in Jesus, to participate in the mission. It's a high cost, but Father, we know it is a cost that is worth paying for your namesake and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.